Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. You know, we are about as pro-law enforcement on this show as they come. We are grateful for the men and women in blue that risk their lives to protect us every day. But, you know, when something happens that's sort of a blight on the forest, it's, I mean, in this, in this case, the IMPD Hammer, look, we have no problem addressing it and breaking it down. An, an officer accused of kicking a suspect in the face as he lay handcuffed on the ground uh, has been indicted. The video was released. This actually happened around this time last year. Kicked him in the face. The suspect lay handcuffed on the ground. He was resisting. He was being uncooperative. Uh, the video looks bad. I've seen it several times. But uh, again, the officers had this guy cuffed. Uh, but he was on the ground, and this police officer, his name's Huxley, came up and kicked him in the face. Now, Officer Huxley said it was an accident, meant to put his foot forcefully on the guy's shoulder so he'd stay on the ground, um, and he has been indicted now uh, by a grand jury for using excessive force. So he was charged in Marion County for official misconduct and battery. Both charges are felonies, and he's got a pretrial conference set for October 26th. And listen, the body camera is out there you can watch the video and the lesson that i have from this is that boy nobody is in the right like did the officer use excessive force yes it looks like it on that camera but you know what the best way to not get kicked in the face is to don't resist law enforcement to begin with right let's just for argument's sake just play along with me here let's say you're somebody that believes acab all cops are bad or all cops are whatever. Why would you try to push them over the edge a little bit, right? If this homeless guy or whatever he was just chills out a little bit, the situation probably never happens to begin with. Again, and I'm not justifying what the officer has done here, but I'm just saying two wrongs yeah. certainly did not make a right here. The best way to not get kicked in the face is do not put yourself in a position where somebody will kick you in the face. There's a little bit of wrinkle to this story, too. There are two other officers in the video, uh, Officer Shores and Sergeant Kibbe. Uh, they were also placed on administrative duty, but they filed a lawsuit against IMPD and Chief Taylor saying that they were retaliated against after reporting the incident they're the ones that actually reported the incident of officer huxley kicking this guy on the face and they claimed they reported it and uh, to this homeless man who was uh, handcuffed and on the ground and they were improperly improperly retaliated against for actually reporting the incident which doesn't look very good either for the IMP. So their angle is yeah. they're viewing we're us as to... snitches and they're taking it out on us. Yeah, they put them on administrative leave. Right. So a so lot, lot of uh, moving parts in this one for sure. And again, the uh, pretrial conference is set for October 26th. Uh, on the subject of police and crime in the city of Indianapolis, uh, some more numbers coming out. Today is October 19th. We have had 19 homicides in 19 days in October. Now, that's so far. 
the day is not over. We had uh, the early morning homicide this morning took place overnight. So technically that falls onto the 19th of October. Uh, Three shot, one killed overnight. That makes 19 killings in 19 days so far in October. When you're looking at the number as a whole, at least 180 people have been killed, which means a person is killed about every 38 hours in Indianapolis right now. An average of 3.2 people are shot or stabbed every that's single a, day in the city. That's an amazing stat. And here in the month of October, 19 homicides in 19 days. That's one a day. I can do pretty simple math on that one. Right. Um, Less than 72 hours after a guy was shot dead on the sidewalk outside of his apartment, IMPD arrested a guy who they thought pulled the trigger. That guy's name was Milton Porter. He was arrested in the murder of Calvin Lawson at the Parkway Terrace Apartments over on East Washington Street. Now, the reason we're telling you this story is that court records are showing that the suspect certainly no stranger to the justice system. He took a plea deal for armed robbery, Mm. violated probation, and was sent back, was released again in January of this year, and now he's charged for murder. So again, as we get closer to the midterm election, I believe we're like 20 days away, Indianapolis, you have the opportunity to change this revolving door of the justice system with the prosecutor's race. If you think everything is fine right now, if you think downtown is safe, like Ryan Meir says it is, then by all means, go ahead and vote for the incumbent. But if you feel like 200 homicides is unacceptable, and that's what the city is on pace for right now, over 200 homicides for the third straight year, if you think stories like this guy, Milton Porter, week after week, and sweetheart deal after sweetheart deal is unacceptable, go vote. And listen, I'm going to tell you this. Please do not vote straight ticket. If you are a Republican and there's a Democrat that you like, go ahead, pull the trigger for him, vice versa. But when you vote straight ticket, two things happen. Number one, you often reward people in your own party who aren't worthy of your vote. And two, you skip over some key school board races because technically they don't have an R or a D next to their name. Yeah, do your research on those school board races. For sure. It's not just you and I spouting off numbers and saying the city's not safe. Look at ultra-woke liberal Starbucks, that corporation, jumping ship, leaving Monument Circle. One of the reasons, they say, is because they fear for the safety and the security of their employees. Loud, obnoxious, aggressive panhandlers and homeless people and drug addicts are, are you know, free to wander around Monument Circle. And there's been plenty of calls to that Starbucks involving police officers. And if you live yeah. on the west side, uh, get ready, Bal, because Ryan Mears just wants to send all of these aggressive homeless guys downtown over to your side of town. He wants to load them up in all the hotels near the airport, the Crown Plaza. That's a place where they've already done this type of thing. I'd just like to be a hotel manager over there. Uh, no, excuse me, who? How many how many homeless people are coming? Uh, you know, how would you like to be a maid 
There's somebody, a janitor that works in those places. Or maybe you schedule your event to take place in that hotel. Because I know they've got like a conference room. Maybe you've got a conference meeting and it's the hotel where all of the rowdy, aggressive, homeless folks from downtown have been sent. Good luck in your meeting. Um, But that's the plan. That's what Ryan Mears wants to do. And truth be told, that's what they've been doing for a while. Uh, We do have some good news. It's not all doom and gloom here. It sounds like what the IMPD and the FOP have been requesting for a long time is actually starting to pay some dividends in Broad Ripple. Police are using these cameras and new software in Broad Ripple. And in the last 28 days... There's been a 100% reduction in armed robberies and a 66.7% reduction in non-fatal shootings. That's crazy. That's great. That's great. Unbelievable news. Now, let's take what they're doing in Broad Ripple and let's expand that throughout Indianapolis. Now, I know it's not cheap, but look at these numbers. These numbers speak for themselves. And I believe the FOP and the City County Council have budgeted for this to be happening in Indianapolis. So let's get it going. Anything helps at this point. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What's it in your lips? It's so good. It's present. Booze news, booze news. Have you ever actually tried non-alcoholic beer? I have. I've had an O'Doul's before, just out of curiosity. I mean, does it? I mean, does it have the taste of beer at all? It uh, does, it, but I think it's like the placebo effect. I knew it didn't have alcohol in it, yeah, so, so it I don't know. Kind of more like spring water, <laughs> right? Carbonated, carbonated water. I was trying to figure out if this this makes sense to me or not. I guess it does because they have non-alcoholic beer, but Dr. Pepper has a, uh, officially released a bourbon-flavored soda that doesn't actually have any alcohol in it. <laughs> bourbon-flavored soda. Okay. From Dr. Pepper, but no real booze. Just tastes like you're drinking a whiskey and Dr. Pepper. So the people who want the awesome taste of bourbon, but without the best part of it, can now get this new beverage from Dr. Pepper. So I guess this makes sense. I mean, if you're going to have... If you're going to have... Uh, Non-alcoholic beer, O'Doul's, I don't know what are some of the other brands out there. Could you really just imagine, though, drinking, you know, you chug like six Dr. Peppers that taste like bourbon-flavored soda. You could smell it coming out of your mouth, although you're not inebriated. Imagine what it's like getting pulled over while you're drinking one of those. Oh, man. Hey, you were going a little fast. You been drinking tonight? No, absolutely not, officer. Is that an open container right there? No, no, that that's just Dr. Pepper, but with the flavor of <laughs> bourbon in it. No actual alcohol. Yeah, I'm going to need you to get out of the vehicle. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> Dr. Pepper with the flavor of bourbon, but no alcohol in it. That'd literally be the dumbest product ever. <laughs> Come on the car. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's somebody that because of liver damage or something, they don't want to drink heavily anymore, but they want to remember the good times and they want to feel like everybody else. So maybe I should look into it. Well, Joe Biden, your thoughts? Thank you, uh, Terry. And thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper. And thank you, you, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Chancellor, Dr. Pepper. Thank you. Um, Now, not to be outdone. 
with what the folks at Dr. Pepper are doing, Nige. Mountain Dew yes. also has a new product out just in time for the holidays. New from Hammer and Nigel Products really? and Mountain Dew, fruitcake-flavored Mountain Dew. Just in time for the holidays. Get ready for fruitcake-flavored Mountain Dew. Fruitcake-flavored? Yep, we took the fruitcake your grandparents sent you for the holidays last year. <laughs> you mean the one that nobody ate and we used it as a doorstop? That's the one. We tossed it into a vat with carbonated water, citric acid, and sodium benzoate, then bottled it. Ugh, what about gingerbread or eggnog? Fruitcake-flavored Mountain Dew. <laughs> you should have done a taste test first. Try some for yourself this Christmas. Hard pass. New from Hammer and Nigel Products. All right, so let me uh, pick your brain here, <laughs> Nige. What sounds better? Which Hammer and Nigel product do yeah. you think is going to sell more? Okay. Our fruitcake-flavored Mountain Dew or our classic nacho cheese-flavored Mountain Dew? <laughs> Just when you thought Mountain Dew was crazy for introducing flaming hot Mountain Dew, now get ready for even more unbelievable flavors that will blow your taste buds away. It's nacho cheese Mountain Dew. <laughs> yep, take oh. a thick sip of nacho cheese dip oh. infused with the citrusy, bubbly flavor of Mountain Dew. It's like nothing you've ever tasted before. Uh, oh, I don't think I'll ever get rid of that flavor combination. <laughs> Cheese Mountain Dew. Give me some water. And coming soon, sour cream and onion, wavy barbecue, and salt and vinegar Mountain Dew. Yuck. It's changing the color of my teeth. What the hell are they thinking? <laughs> I still taste it. Quote, it's changing uh, the color of my teeth. I think I'd, I think I'd stick with the fruitcake flavored Mountain Dew. Do people still give out fruitcakes during Christmas time? Have you even had? I don't think I've ever even tasted a fruitcake. It's real dry. Like, I've had one before and yeah. like you cut it open it's like a cake donut almost but Does it like, have like gumdrops and stuff in it yeah yeah what what are the ingredients in a fruit cake yeah. cake and fruit <laughs> <laughs> self-explanatory <laughs> um so all of this talk about mountain dew kind of got us thinking here how about some great moments in mountain dew history this is when sean white won his first gold medal at the Olympics. Now, he was underage. He was around 19 years old. He told a great story of what happened when he was flying back to the United States. And, I mean, I had, like, I had unlimited, like, service after that. I was getting drinks, and I was getting <laughs> snacks, and, I mean, I was taking photos in the back with all the, all the students. Wait a minute. Drinks? You're 19 years old. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Good save, Sean. I forgot he added the baby at the end. <laughs> I, for, I remember that clip. I, remember, I got Mountain Dew, baby. Talk yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you can't have great moments in Mountain Dew history without Ricky Bobby's kids. I'm going to scissor yeah. kick you in the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah. Turn up the heat. Jim, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Like a spider monkey. Go on. I'm going to jack up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> Great moments in Mountain Dew history. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We're going to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tony Kinnett, co-founder of Chalkboard Review, former educator, former STEM administrator. He's now an education journalist. Tony, how are you, my friend? 
Absolutely fantastic, gentlemen. Let's start here. This is something I was really been uh, raising my eyebrows the past couple of days. The CDC looking like it may be considering adding the COVID shots for kids to the recommended childhood school schedules. Thus, I think that what that would do is is you know opening the way for schools to mandate COVID shots for kids. I'm wondering your initial thoughts and what this might look like and do to the public education system. Yeah, so as you guys know, uh, the education system and much of the health system are relegated to states' rights and authorities. So state health departments uh, and county local health departments will determine, based on federal recommendations, uh, what vaccines they would require for students to attend public schools. This has been a thing for quite some time. The issue with the CDC recommending the COVID vaccine for students K through 12 on their vaccination record is that this does give what will certainly be in a lot of Marion County schools, uh, your township schools, you know, IPS, the opportunity to require the COVID vaccine for students to attend. Uh, or they can claim, uh, at least at the federal level, that they might withhold funding from states at the education level if they don't require the COVID vaccine. Of course, all of this is an entirely different conversation to begin with because the COVID vaccine has been shown to be rather uh, a letdown. It doesn't stop transmission. And already in this case, we found that COVID doesn't have long-lasting impacting effects for the extremely vast majority of students under the age of 18. Uh, it kind of hits them like a mild flu uh, if they catch it at all. In and, fact, a lot of students under 18 are shown to be asymptomatic. And parents are roundly rejecting. I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers. They're rejecting these shots for kids. Uh, um, barely 2% of kids under 5 and fewer than 1 in 3 from 5 to 11 are fully vaccinated or immunized. I mean, what does that say about parents across the United States and uh, their feelings about giving their kids these shots? I mean, it's just further proof that the entire way the vaccine was produced, was marketed, and was essentialized was completely bungled. It was a complete catastrophe. And so now requiring this for students as though parents are going to go easier on how they take care of their children as opposed to themselves is ridiculous. Everyone knows that a parent puts the safety of their child far above their own in the common case. And in this situation, I really just don't expect that any parent's going to listen to this this uh, looks like a virtue signal gone wrong, and I, I don't even think that this will gain traction to make it out of the CDC. Tony Kennett with us from Chalkboard Review. Tony, speaking of Chalkboard Review, there's an interesting tweet thread uh, on the Twitter feed right now, and it starts off with an update from the Florida State Board of Education, but it kind of goes down this rabbit hole, if you want to call it that, of how multiple districts reveal that they're operating uh, policies that don't comply with state law. Now, that's happening in Florida, but if it's happening there, I can guarantee you it's probably happening in other states around the country. This is really important. Tell everybody why. Yeah, absolutely. So how education law and policy at the state level works is you as the state legislature, uh, the elected representatives and senators, 
um, unless you're a unicameral legislation in Nebraska, for instance, you put forth these laws and practices in place and you say, this is how we want education to operate. These are the state standards as have been suggested to us. This is how we're going to do education. And if you're a local school, you can technically uh, make the choice to ignore those laws, just like you can choose to ignore the speed limit on the road, just like you can choose to ignore crosswalks. Only, again, like we were just talking about, you're talking about how you run the lives that include people's children. And in the case of Florida, there were a certain set of laws that were passed in the last legislative session that limited the amount of sexual content that can be included in elementary schools. A lot of parents were uncomfortable with, so they followed legal process and the law was passed. No longer in K through 3 can you... uh, teach sexual content to children. Right. That was a big deal for Ron DeSantis. He didn't want any of this sexual stuff uh, being taught to children, kindergarten through third grade in the classroom. Right. And so a lot of schools kind of getting on their social justice horse said, well, we really stand behind the LGBTQ community and we're going to teach this anyway, which is really quite the damning thing to say about the LGBTQ community that apparently their entire identity is wrapped up in sexual content to children. I personally don't think that that's a really respectful way to speak about the lesbian and gay and bi and trans communities. But that's what a lot of people decided to say is, oh, that were a good strategy. So schools decided to do it anyway. Only here's the kicker, what we just broke. The State Board of Education in Florida just voted that if you're a school that does not follow the state laws regarding any of the social bills that have been passed, your license will be revoked and you will be suspended from the classroom in which you are teaching, mm. which is fantastic. We're speaking with Tony Kennett, Chalkboard Review here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Let's let's piggyback on that a little bit because we have the midterms coming up, a lot of school board positions uh, up for re-election. What do you think, like, like what are the main things concerned parents Uh, look for when voting for their school board members? Number one, transparency. They don't want to be blown off. A lot of parents have started to become concerned with the quality of academic instruction, as well as the the quality of school culture and how students are treated, how students are spoken to, the political atmosphere that has become prevalent in schools. And parents want to know that when they have issues, that they're not going to be blown off by the school board. And we've seen that blowing off happen in a lot of districts. Hamilton Southeastern blew parents off. There's actually something developing uh, with the whole Chanavez family story in which the school kind of refused to publish the recent nonpartisan report they just filed. That's a whole thing we'll be getting into pretty soon. But parents are concerned with that. They, They really want to know that they have transparency, they have a voice, and then also Parents just don't want a lot of the progressive politics filling up the day with nonsense. They send their kids to learn to read and write. That's what school board elections are like heading into this November. So it feels like with the local elections, obviously school boards, but even local elections like governor and things like that, education might be on the docket. I don't hear a whole lot about education when it comes to these national races, these high-profile Senate races like we're having in Georgia or Pennsylvania or Nevada, key swing states like that. Maybe I'm not looking at it close enough, Tony, but it feels like I follow this stuff pretty closely. Are you surprised that education isn't more of a hot topic this year? 
Well, as, as far as a lot of parents are concerned, what on earth is the federal government doing writing edicts about education in the first place? Uh, I don't think that senatorial races around the country should be focusing in on education from the federal level because this is something that's been delegated to the states. It's been delegated to local authority. There is no reason that a parent in New Albany should have any say over what is taught in a school in Greenfield or what is taught in a school in Fort Wayne. These are local issues. States can, of course, produce guidelines, but I, for one, am very glad that we don't see federal elections talking about huge blanket sweep bans that may work great in an urban environment on the coast, but may be detrimental to a Midwestern or a Southern student. Do biological boys playing female sports now, after they've made the transition, does that fall into the category of an education issue? I do not think so. I think it falls under the Civil Rights Act and the protected class of individuals who deserve to be free from threats due to their sex. Uh, If you put a boy that is loaded up with hormones who is going through a mental issue himself who needs counseling, and then you allow him to go change in a girl's locker room, you cannot guarantee the safety of those young women. And because of that, that's not just an education issue that should be locally delegated. That is a biological issue that is classified under the Civil Rights Act. It's Title IX, which is currently being hotly debated uh, over on Capitol Hill and in the Department of Education on the federal level. You know, I'm I'm seeing here, at least where I live in, in Zionsville, parents are paying very close attention to who's running for school board and it seems to be more about teaching subject matter the fundamentals and in, in, in keeping all the political crap all the indoctrination out of out of the schools um there's a guy i think a guy running for school board in zionsville his name is kiefer his motto is education not indoctrination and uh, that's really something i think people should be paying attention to there's other guys like hart and such that are running that that are, are great candidates and you know what else i do i don't know if this is fair or not tell me if this is you think this is fair as a, a former administrator and educator sometimes like i'll see in zionsville like these giant uh yard signs for like uh, Democrats that are running for the House, like Jen Bass Patino, I don't really know anything about her except she's a liberal Democrat, or this guy Ford, and they have other political campaign signs, like for school board members or for school board. Uh, next to them, like, all right, now I know who not to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, right. maybe that's not fair, but like, you know, I'll see Alex Troy, who's running for state senate in our in our district, and I and I see the 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 signs around him, thinking, okay, I, I'll pay attention to some of these people because. I think he's a great candidate. Is that is that unfair to do, Tony? No, I think it's incredibly <laughs> fair. Look, let's say that I was running for school board in Greenfield, and a lot of people just suddenly said, God forbid. But ignoring that, <laughs> let's say that I was running for school board locally here where I am, and I decided to do so. Well, if you vote straight ticket as the law currently stands, it will not select school board candidates. The fact of the matter is yep. a lot of people like voting straight ticket, red or blue. That is their personal choice. So a lot of individuals want to put a letter next to their name to quickly showcase to voters, hey, look, these are the principles that this party platform has put forward. The Democrats and the Republicans have for decades, if not centuries, a century and a half, given the time the Republican Party was founded. There are huge platforms that have always been planks in the party 
for education. If you say, I align with those principles, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to put a letter next to your name. The whole school board election shouldn't be political is the most fantastical utopian unicorn fairy tale that anyone has ever come up with. I think it shouldn't be political. Great. And I think that gas should be free, but we live in the real world. (laughs) Everything is inherently political. And if it's an elected office, look, if you want to align your campaign with J.D. Ford, Hey, I mean, I I personally wouldn't get on the Titanic, no. but you know that's yeah. some people's <laughs> choice. That's that's just you. Uh, where can we get more information, Tony? You should head over to chalkboardreview.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. We don't spam your inbox, but you know that's just a personal preference. If you are really sadistic and you really love seeing hot takes served fresh every day, oh, you yeah. can follow me on Twitter over at the Tonus. The Tonus on Twitter. There Tony Kennett, my man, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. More shenanigans from your president, Joe Biden. His speech was one lie right after the other. Uh, we'll have the audio for you after 4 o'clock. A, uh, did you see this picture? It went viral. A fitness buff gone viral for her choice of pants color while at the gym. 16 million views. <laughs> she's like, uh, it's a clip of her squatting. What? It looks like she's not wearing anything. It looks like she's not wearing any pants at all. No bottoms, but she was actually wearing a flesh-colored leggings. Right. It looks like she's in there without pants, just lifting all these uh, Uh, weights. Man, I ain't (laughs) mad at her at all. Walking up to the squat rack, she's she's wearing these nude-hued leggings in the clip, which... Again, they create the illusion. If you're just kind of, if you're in the peripheral, just kind of happen to look over quickly, she, it looks like she's pantless. So she's a nude, huge dudette in the news. <laughs> Man, I love, I love a good legging. I love a good workout pant on a lady. I'll say on yourself or the lady, well, because the visual of you wearing something like that just makes me want to throw up. Maybe I should buy a pair for a night with WIBC. Please but don't. Here, we here at the Hammer Nigel show, we have a record division, right? So we have a brand new tribute to the ladies that wear these types of uh, tight leggings to the gym. Van Halen. Wait for it. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Yeah, I think we've been caught looking tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend I don't know what's going on. <laughs> now she's going to reach down between her legs. Ease <laughs> the scene back. She's trying. We're crying. Is that two perfect hats on spying? <laughs> Bill Buckle. Moose Knuckle. Oh! Yeah. Camel toe. Oh, 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 oh. Camel toe. There it is. 
That's going to be stuck in your head for the next 24 hours. <laughs> a tribute to the ladies that wear the tight pants, the leggings. I love the jeans that look, they're actually cloth, but they look like jeans. You know what I mean? The stretchy pants. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Uh, the uh, yoga pants, the tight pants, as long as they're not on me or you, I approve what's going on here. Um, coming up just after four o'clock, we will check in with a certain president who he's fond of lying to you. He likes to be full of I, crap. I don't even know if he knows he's doing it. I don't even know if he knows what he's saying. Do you think he knows point. he's president at this point? <laughs> we'll check he's in. Like, he, he's like Trump. Hey, I'm president. Yeah. Can you believe it? Can you believe? I don't know. I don't know. That's next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Are you not entertained? Are you not having a good time with the Hammer and Nigel show this afternoon? I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is here. Hello. We got Matt Bear in the traffic center. TK Dub on the ones and twos. And Kyle, don't make the people wait anymore. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. I got hairy legs. But I'm not stupid. Yes, you are. The guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend. <laughs> That's when Joe Biden was talking about, like, the revenge porn thing, right? Because in Joe Biden's world, everybody's like Hunter and has tons of revenge sure. porn and naked photos of their friends all over their phone. Um, so he made it official today. This is what we talked about a couple days ago, Nige. It became official today that Hair Sniff McGee is taking more from the U.S. Federal Reserve to lower gas prices just before the midterms. The oil reserves, right? Right. Strategic, oil, uh, strategic petroleum reserves. Right, oh, which are boy. already pretty low because the he's dipped they, in there the before. The lowest they've been in 40 years. It's supposed to be for emergencies. This is a bad idea because what happens if there is indeed said emergency? The other leaders of the world are watching what we're doing here. They're not stupid. Joe Biden is. They're not. Uh, here is Joe Biden earlier today giving you one lie right after the other. Let me uh, let's debunk some myths here. My administration has not stopped or slowed U.S. oil production. Quite the opposite. We're producing 12 million barrels of oil per day. And by the end of this year, we will be producing 1 million barrels a day, more than the day in which I took office. Okay. okay. So he says, let's debunk some myths here. All right, let's fact check the debunking. Can we do that? Uh, Joe Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline on his very first day in office. It wasn't open at that point, but he canceled all of the progress and the plans for it moving forward. Here's another one. Fact check number two. Joe Biden has not been approving permits to drill for domestic oil production. He has basically stopped and slowed the production by not approving the permits. So for him to get up there and say, let's debunk the myths, no. Let's fact check you because you are full of crap. Well, not only that, but he ran his campaign uh, up to the election. He ran on getting rid of fossil fuels. He hates the oil and gas industry. People love the high gas prices. The uh, climate alarmists, the elites, the Pete Buddha judges of the world love, love, love the $7 a gallon gas in California because that means y'all got to go buy an electric vehicle, right? 
Only problem is electric vehicles are what? Average around 60 grand for the low end types of vehicles. And there's also an issue of, you know, how do we produce the electricity? How do we produce those charging stations that they want to put all over the United States? Oh, that's right, coal. Mm. That's right, fossil fuels. That's right. Mm. Frack me, frack you. <laughs> Here's a little bit more from yeah. Joe Biden earlier today. I have been doing everything in my power to reduce gas prices since Putin's invasion of Ukraine oh, caused these price hikes, these prices to spike. Everything in his power, like canceling the pipeline, like not approving the permits. I've been doing everything in my power to make sure we've got energy. All right, you brought it up earlier. Let's play the montage. Okay. This is Joe Biden campaigning in 2020. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping pipeline infrastructure? There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. And again, this is unbelievable. (laughs) After Joe Biden has said, I've done everything in my power. And now he's releasing 15 million more barrels of oil from the U.S. Federal Reserve. Yeah, you know, the other thing I noticed he was doing today, he's back to the old price gouging, blaming like the mom and pop retailers, gasoline retailers, and producers of gasoline on price gouging as, of course, a way to avoid any accountability for the what are what is high again increasing gas prices which are going up again quote when the cost of oil comes down we should see the price at the pump come down as well which is not true he put this chart on twitter in this chart illustrates the exact opposite point of what he was trying to get across it's the same trajectory retail gas prices uh are basically they have the same trajectory they they the gas prices are closely linked with crude prices of oil all along doesn't make any sense. Remember when we used to have the wheel of sexual harassment and we would spin the wheel and every day there'd be a new person's name on the wheel? I think we need to have the wheel of Joe Biden excuses. <laughs> Why are the numbers so bad? You spin the wheel. Let's see. Putin's on there. Uh, price gouging's on there. You for not having an electric car is on there. We should have the wheel of OPEC. Biden excuses. OPEC. OPEC shut us off. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to release, uh, we're going to ease restrictions on Venezuela. So they'll sell us some more oil maybe next time i'll bow down and kiss the feet of the uh the folks over in saudi arabia and maybe they'll cut us a little bit better deal next time i don't know we'll see um but this was interesting though again rare act of journalism from the press pool when joe biden was trying to slowly shuffle off the stage because (laughs) it takes him so long the reporters have time to yell out some questions they basically yelled it out what we were all thinking to joe biden is this politically motivated what is your response to republicans who say you are only doing this spr release because to help democrats in the midterms where have they been the last four months that's my response. Is it politically motivated, sir? <laughs> no, it's not. Three weeks before the midterms. Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? It's not politically motivated at all. 
He literally looked shocked. He was floored. He was flabbergasted. They had the audacity to ask him if this was politically motivated. The problem is Joe Biden still thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and he can beat you in any sort of game. But he doesn't understand that he lost that fastball a long time ago, and he's quite possibly the dumbest guy in the room now. He can't comprehend it. And this is why the good doctor, Dr. Jill, had her panties in a wad when he went long on that press conference in January, and nobody pulled him off the stage. Uh, Didn't we talk about that yesterday, that report that she was really upset that his quote-unquote handlers didn't get him off stage sooner? Right. I would be, too. If I was not only Jill, but probably Ron Klain, the chief of staff, and anybody else. Get him off. I mean, what does that say? Get if off you the have stage, old man. No faith that your husband could handle a question from Peter Ducey. What's he going to do when he's talking to a world leader? Like, at this point, like, it's not even parody. I could honestly see if there's a meeting between the Japanese prime minister and Joe Biden, if he started quoting Long Duck Dong. That's kind of where we're at. <laughs> Dong, where is my automobile? <laughs> That's where the senile old goat is at right uh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where is our automobiles? <laughs> Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Oh, man, Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? Every once in a while, I look at a story and I'm on the fence. I'm not quite sure what to think about it. This is where you come in. You tell me, you tell all of us if the story in question is anything or not. Dateline, Texas. A Texas woman says that a janitor working in her office peed in her water bottle and dipped his crank in it and gave her an STD. Oh, no. 50-year-old Lucio Diaz has been charged with indecent assault and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Good. Here is the accuser telling her side of the story. I learned that I acquired an STD for which... He has also come back as having tested positive for. He gave me an STD that I will have for the rest of my life. Nothing's going to change it. Nothing's going to make it better for me. In fact, I feel like for the rest of my life, I'm just going to have to be careful. Oh, that makes me sick. What was he? What was this guy charged with, did you say? Well, here's the thing that it's raised my eyebrows too. Indecent assault aggravated assault with a deadly weapon is this crank the deadly weapon that's what i'm wondering <laughs> because it was infected and he gave oh, her the so infection gross. and so it's something that's going to stick with her i'm sure it's I'm, i guess it's the herp it's gotta be the herp that's, like, that's, the one herp. Of the, that's one of those that don't go away i never knew a crank oh. could be a deadly weapon <laughs> an infected one at that i yeah put this guy away for the rest of his life that is so gross not only do you uh pee you urinate in this woman's water bottle she takes a drink of it mm-hmm, it tastes like this tastes awful but then she acquires an std that sticks with she's gonna be you know going to the pharmacy and buying, buying valtrex the rest of her life all because she was being healthy and like you know drinking water that she thought was fine but this oh, janitor so was dipping his infected man meat in her water dude it sucks going to the like 
Like, so she's going to get, like, fever blisters the rest of her life. They suck. I've got, I've had them ever since I was a kid. You get them, like, when you're really young. I don't know. Like, if I stay out in the sun too long, I get them. Sometimes Some people I'm get them when they're stressed. stressed. When they're stressed out. And, like, there's pills and stuff you can take now, like, preemptively. They're really just, it squashes them, basically. It takes, but it's embarrassing to go to the pharmacy and buy them. Because right. I, don't, I don't want the hot pharmacist to think I have, like, genital herp going on you know so i like always make it a point i always am like over dramatic um do you have any over-the-counter medicine i could buy that's cheaper than this valtrex because i get these fever blisters and do you have any <laughs> any topical lotion for my lips that i can buy is there anything that's cheap you know I, I try to make it a point to let them know no these are just for stress fever cold sores and stuff like that it's really embarrassing meanwhile hot pharmacist is like yeah 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 take this cream <laughs> rub it on your crotch Come back in a couple days. <laughs> you're not, Everybody you're not, here's got a cold sore, right? You're sure. Fooling, you're not fooling anybody, son. <laughs> oh, now, oh. would it make a difference? Would you be as embarrassed if it was a big fat dude that was the pharmacist? Uh, no, Does the fact no, that it's a hot less. chick pharmacist yeah. make a difference for you? <laughs> That's a good, very good point. <laughs> uh, Kenny, you got any more of that cream? It's starting to, it's starting <laughs> to burn down, down, down there, there again. Is this anything? A father and son in Florida are being hit with over a dozen charges after shooting at a random woman in her car because they thought she was a burglar. Oh, no. Gino Costalastasta. And her 15-year-old son thought they were being robbed when their doorbell alarm was triggered, but it was actually just somebody else dropping off a package okay. that was delivered to the wrong address. Just open fire because somebody rings your doorbell. Um, so it was the wrong address, they said? Right. Here is a unofficial friend of the show, Sheriff Grady Judd. Oh, uh, yeah. Polk County, baby. When she looks up and she sees Gino standing at the back of her vehicle with a gun pointed at her, screaming for her to get out of the car. She thinks, he's about to carjack me. He's going to rob me. So she throws her car into reverse. She's trying to back out of the way. They go out searching for a burglar that wasn't there and shot up an innocent lady's car while she was in it. Yeah, those again, this is the type of thing we talk about all the time. Responsible gun owners hate this kind of thing. Right. You know what I mean? They, 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 these guys are walking out the door. They think somebody's robbing them just because they, they rang the doorbell, unloaded seven rounds into this woman's car. The political left thinks every gun it, owner exactly, is this. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but I do love the sheriff, Grady Judd, one of my favorite. <laughs> Polk, Polk County, Florida, baby. I'd vote for him every time. Here's a little bit more fun with Grady Judd. Another piece of audio here when he was talking about, um, I believe, looters during the 2020 Summer of Love. But we have received information in social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns and they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house. With your 
<laughs> you want to do another clip? I, I love it. I, I, I love listen Grady. To, I listen to clips of uh, Sheriff Grady Judd all day long. This is uh, this. I think this is recent. This is a few months ago when he he's got a gun at the podium and he holds it up, talking about school shooters. Let me give it to you in Polk County vernacular. This is the last thing you'll see. <laughs> before we put a bullet through your head <laughs> if you're trying to hurt our children. We're going to shoot you graveyard dead <laughs> if you come onto a campus with a gun threatening our children or shooting at us. I will follow Sheriff yes. Grady Judd anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I moved to Polk County just so I can <laughs> just so I can vote for him. Last one, is this anything? A house in Texas is said to be haunted by ghosts who are very sexy. Really? Rumor has it back in the day, the house used to be a bordello. <laughs> Here's a uh, little clip of the owner of the house, Linda, talking about some of the sexy things the ghosts have whispered in her ear while living at the house. Sexual. No other way to put it. He said, oh, baby, oh, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like it like that. It really is haunted. That wasn't a ghost. Joe Biden was just staying there for the, <laughs> the, the night. <laughs> Sniffing her hair, whispering in her ear. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Okay, let's begin. Are you really okay with me? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty freaking far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, yeah! So, Hammer, are you okay with Colts owner Jim Ursay saying there is, quote, merit to remove Dan Snyder as the owner of the Washington Commanders? He's involved in some controversy, workplace conduct, Me Too stuff. Are you okay with Ursay sort of being the first owner, uh, his first peer to weigh in and say, yeah, this guy might need to go? So... Like, yes, I'm okay with it because this is a example of don't you try to boss me around because what's going on with the NFL right now is that all of the owners hate Dan Snyder because it sounds like he's kind of a scumbag. There are tons of scandals going on. Um, ultimately, going through all of the notes and emails trying to bust Dan Snyder is kind of how John Gruden got caught saying some inappropriate inappropriate things uh, and got fired. Yeah, for the Raiders, yeah. But Dan Snyder is alleged to basically be pimping out the cheerleaders to, like, season ticket holders and treating them almost like escorts. It's been going on for years with him. It's been a long time. So this is what Jim Ursay had to say at the owner's meeting yesterday. You know, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. Um, I think it's something that uh, we have to review. We have to look at all the evidence and we have to be thorough in going forward. But... Um, you know, I think it's something that has to be given serious consideration to. Well, I, I just think um, what's happened in the workplace, you know, having three daughters, seven granddaughters, um, to me, um, it's something 
that I think serious consideration has to be given to the removal, and we have complete authority to do that. Now, I'm telling you, these NFL owners wouldn't be so outspoken if Dan Snyder didn't run his mouth this week because he said, well, if they try to vote me out, I've got dirt on all of these guys. So all of these other owners were oh, like, that's right. I saw oh, that. okay, that's how you want to play? So Jim Ursay right here is kind of like Eminem's character in 8 Mile. <laughs> I dare you. Say something about me these people don't already know. All of my skeletons are out there. They know that I've had pill issues. They know that I drove drunk. I got a friend named Cheddar Bob that shot himself in the foot. <laughs> it's the same story from 8 Mile. So that's why Jim Ursay's out there. But I do find it a little disingenuous that all of a sudden these nfl owners they're the kings of virtue yeah, but nobody else is saying anything though i haven't heard anybody else say anything except her say well nobody wanted to be first i bet you're going to see more okay. now uh but keep in mind these nfl owners if you can throw if you can tackle if you can catch they will find a spot on your roster there are dudes with domestic violence that play in the league there are dudes with criminal histories that play in the league so for all of these owners all of a sudden to act like they're so much better than dan snyder let's pump the brakes a little bit the thing that got dan snyder in trouble was when he threatened all of them i've got dirt on all of you so that's when jim ursay went full eight mile and said i challenge you papa doc to say something about me these people don't already know okay but again this leads me to the question of because of ursay's own past with his own controversies is he kind of the wrong guy to to take the lead on this no i think he's the right guy because all of his stuff is out there Jim Ursay is like, I've got no skeletons in the closet because you guys know the skeletons. You've seen the video. You've seen my booking photo. I've had issues in the past. Yes, that's me. So don't threaten me. So all these billionaires, that's all it is. It's a billionaire contest about whose crank is the biggest here. (laughs) They're looking at Daniel Snyder saying, oh, you're going to run your mouth at us? We control your future in the NFL. All right, you want to stay in the NFL here? Sure. Tom Brady is comparing leaving family for football to a military deployment. Come on, really? Appearing on his Let's Go podcast this week, 45-year-old Tom Brady speaking with his co-host Jim Gray and Kevin Durant, NBA superstar, about sort of the mindset of you know top-tier athletes that need to adopt to cope with the rigors of professional sports i almost look at like a football season like you're going away on deployment yeah military man here i go again and there's only one way to do it and i think jim we've talked from time to time just about how do you enjoy the certain moments of it you know and the reality is is you can really only be authentic to yourself right whatever you may say oh man i want to you know make sure i spend a little more time doing this you know, during the season, yeah. the reality yeah. is, is when it comes down to it, your competitiveness takes over. And as much as you want to have this playful balance with the work <laughs> balance, yeah. you're going to end up doing exactly what you've always done, which is why you are who you are. You're going to go, how the f- do I get it done? Comparing leaving family for football season to military deployment, are you okay with this? No, I'm not okay with this. It was a dumb analogy, but... Let me make one thing perfectly clear. I am not somebody that will carry Tom Brady's water. Let me make that perfectly clear, and you guys know that. But I think a lot of people are completely overreacting here. He's not comparing playing football 
to raiding the bin Laden compound in Pakistan. He's talking about the time away from your family. Yeah. That's it. So was it a stupid comparison? Absolutely. There's nothing close to being the same thing there. But he's not comparing the job. He's comparing the time away from family. Okay, but it's, it's a comparison that doesn't make any sense because these football players still get to see their family during the season. These guys are in deployment overseas, Middle East, go for nine months to a year without seeing their kids. I couldn't imagine. I barely. I hate going without seeing my kids for a week. In May of this year, my wife and I got to I got to go with her on a work trip. As long as we'd ever been away from the kids for like seven days, and by the end we got an early flight home just to see just you know just to get back to our kids. So, what a you're right. I agree with you. A dumb dumb comparison. I understand that he wasn't comparing it to being out on the battlefield, but there is zero comparison right. to a military deployment because these football players, these athletes, do get to see their kids. The only way these guys are deployed overseas in the military to see their family is over a satellite phone or FaceTime or whatever. Add that to the list that we had the other day of things you yeah. should never compare. Never compare something to slavery. Never compare something to the Holocaust. And if you're an athlete, don't compare what you do to anything close to the military families it's not even close all right i uh, got another one here for you megan markle duchess of sussex um and married to uh king he's married to uh, harry duke or uh, harry duke or whatever ginger harry the duke of spendingburg or whatever he's <laughs> the duke. um so so she's got a podcast megan markle's got a podcast on the latest episode she says she quit being a briefcase opening model on Deal or No Deal because she felt that she and the other women were portrayed as bimbos. Oh. Here are some of her comments. I was thankful for the job, but not for how it made me feel. I didn't like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance. And that's how it felt for me at the time, being reduced to this specific archetype the word bimbo it was solely about beauty and not necessarily about brains i was surrounded by smart women on that stage with me but that wasn't the focus of why we were there and i would end up leaving with this pit in my stomach knowing that i was so much more than what was being objectified hammer are you okay with this what the hell did she expect no i'm not okay with this you heard the words out of her mouth. She was forced. She was reduced. You auditioned to be part of this. The casting call was for an attractive woman to open up a briefcase on TV. <laughs> yeah, that well, was her job. <laughs> you beat out other women for this job. You took a paycheck for this job. Unless you're willing to give back the money, shut up. What did you expect was going to happen? Like, is Howie Mandel going to stand up there before we go to briefcase number five? But first, Meghan Markle wants to break down what happened during the <laughs> Renaissance era? No, of course not, because that's not what the job was. So she, Her sole job was to open a briefcase and smile while doing it and i'm pretty sure they made that perfectly clear yeah. when they hired her now listen despite what you may think you're not going to be giving thoughts on u.s history every <laughs> single week you're going to smile in a dress and you're going to open up a briefcase do you want to get paid for that or not okay welcome to deal or no deal i mean it's kind of like the vanna white of opening briefcases Right, exactly. Did you ever hear Vanna White complain? She's got a great gig. Yeah. Just ride the lightning and enjoy it. I was reduced 
You accepted it. <laughs> you you auditioned for it. You got the gig. Somebody lost out to you for that job. Shut up. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93WIBC. Can I give a quick shout out to my nurse today at Walgreens? In Zionsville? Sure. Uh, I got uh, the flu shot today. Scheduled uh, my flu shot. I'm always, I'm pretty good about that. Every year I get the flu shot around this time. And she was super nice, super professional. But <laughs> I started, I was for some reason paranoid that she was going to give me the COVID booster. <laughs> like getting mixed up, you know, between the booster <laughs> and the flu shot. Do you think I Joe mean- Biden was giving you the shot? <laughs> No less. She had to tell me it would make me feel better no less than four times. Yeah, no, yes, Mr. Laskowski, this is the flu shot. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm just making sure because, you know, I've read some stories here and there about people get confused. No, this is, I've double-checked, this is the flu shot. So I take off, you know, the one side of my shirt and, uh, you know, lift my sleeve up and go, the flu shot, right? Flu shot. Yes, I've we've done this before. <laughs> I've, I've known the difference between the flu shot and the COVID shot. And- you probably ticked her off to the point where she gave you the COVID <laughs> shot. If this goofy bastard tells me one more time to make sure I've got the right shot, I'm going to intentionally give him the juice. Uh, so, and then one more time, just, and now I was halfway joking with her. Okay, COVID shot or flu shot? It was a test. I was giving her a test the, the last time. It's the flu shot, sir. Okay. So. And I'm sure she uh, thought it was hilarious. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this jackass is trying to be funny. Get out of here. Uh, speaking uh, of the uh, COVID <laughs> shot, breaking news, the CDC panel just unanimously voted to add COVID shots to the recommended childhood vaccine schedule for school. Yeah, bad idea. Parents have roundly rejected COVID shots for their kids, and it shows in the numbers. Very low percentages of parents are getting the COVID shots for the kids. This could mean that your school will mandate your kid get a COVID shot to come to school in person. Doesn't automatically mean that. Doesn't surprise me. COVID doesn't affect kids. Sorry. They're barely vectors of this uh, disease. And when they do get it, it's generally from an adult. And it's generally, uh, they clear it within a day. My daughter had it. She had a fever last year. Maybe it was earlier this year. I can't even remember. And she was back to playing Barbie dolls and watching TikTok in, in no time. This and is the a fact horrible, that it doesn't horrible. prevent you from getting it and you can still spread it. It's a horrible idea. I think it could send the public school system into a tailspin. Uh, and I think teachers, um, I, I'm sorry, I think parents are going to rise up and revolt against something like this if indeed schools now mandate because of CDC guidelines, especially when in another country's hammer, other countries uh, uh, don't let kids get the COVID vaccine. They don't, re- they, they've even done away with recommend- recommendations for adults under 50 to get the vaccine in many Western European countries. So I just retweeted the, oh, uh, the God, video people. of the CDC. CDC panel unanimously voting to add COVID shots to the recommended school vaccine schedule. If you'd like to see it, it's retweeted at Hammer and Nigel on Twitter. When we come back, 20 days to go. Home stretch. We've got some midterm stuff next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Oh, man. My name is 
is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. 20 days to go. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get on with it. Let's get into some midterm stuff. Polling. Debates. Fetterman. Eagles are so much better than Eagles. Midterm stuff. That guy. I love how Fetterman's doctor gave him a clean bill of health. Oh, yeah, he has no work restrictions except the fact uh, you have to take into consideration that his doctor also is a big campaign donor. Big time Uh, lib and donator to his campaign. Clean bill of health. Sure, go ahead. So if that's the case, then Fetterman can do all these debates without that monitor, without an earpiece then, right? Nope. All right, we'll get to some Fetterman stuff here in uh, just a moment. We have to. (laughs) Uh, In Georgia, the Senate candidate Stacey Abrams, she had a big event today. And by big, I mean there's probably about 15 people there. (laughs) And early voting is underway in Georgia. And record numbers so far, record numbers. So, Stacey Abrams, to the uh, sparse crowd that gathered today to listen to her rhetoric, said, quote, (laughs) not making this up, quote, record turnout so far, but that doesn't mean that voter suppression is still not a problem. Oh, okay, sure. (laughs) Um, Also, Stacey Abrams, addressing the crowd, says abortion can help address the inflation issues. I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. So basically, if I understand this correctly, Nige, I get it. Gas prices suck, but you better start having abortions. It's the only way you're going to be able to fix this problem. Hey man, if you want to afford gas, if you want to, if you want to mitigate inflation, then you might want to consider having an abortion if you're pregnant. Have a couple of them. These gas prices are really, Lord, really high. These people. Wow. <laughs> now, wow. as ridiculous as that sounds. It's probably a better campaign strategy than what she had a year ago, where she basically just says, eh, Georgia, this place sucks. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. Georgia sucks. <laughs> Stacey Abrams, 2022. 20, I mean, this whole point going back to her, what she said about an abortion and, and inflation and like, look, look, you're upset with the gra- gas prices. Uh, if you do away with abortion, it's only going to make things worse. The Yahoo News blamed pro-life groups for a diaper shortage. Uh, did you hear about this the other day? Diapers, there's a diaper shortage in this country. Quote, Amer- this is the headline from Yahoo. America is facing a diaper crisis, and the anti-abortion movement is making it worse! (laughs) So, if you want to be able to afford gas and diapers, boy, you better start lining up at your local Planned Parenthood right now. (laughs) These people, man, these people are lunatics. Um, So, remember over a week ago, 
when Fetterman (laughs) sat down with uh, NBC reporter Dasha Burns. And this was a disastrous interview because Fetterman had a hard time understanding the conversation. And the NBC reporter said, hey, this guy, he can't make small talk. He has to read everything off of a computer screen. He's not well, basically was her message after having this interview with Fetterman. This is what Fetterman's wife had to say about that. I don't like saying rage because I think that's a really unhealthy feeling. And when you feel those things, it only harms yourself. But I just, you know, what a disservice that she did to not only my husband, but to anyone facing a disability and working through it. And I don't know how there were not consequences, right? I mean, there are consequences for folks in these positions who or any of the isms. I mean, she was able to. Okay, you can stop that right there. So that was about a week ago where Fetterman's wife wanted consequences for the NBC reporter who just reported what she saw. NBC accommodated Fetterman with teleprompters and computers and things like that to help him move along with the interview. What's she talking about? So that was about a week ago, and maybe, just maybe, some people could say, well, she was hot at the moment, she was angry at the moment, she probably should have sat it out, but she spoke. She's had some time to cool off, and she's still at it. She called into a Pennsylvania radio station, and she still wants NBC's Dasha Burns to get, quote, proper training. I think the station should kind of get together and say, maybe we need some more training. Maybe we need to learn how to uh, talk about accommodations in a way that uplifts everyone, including the disability community. Um, Many disability activists across the country um, felt the same about how that um, editorializing in the beginning was handled. It wasn't the interview. It was the pre-interview talk. Listen, if your husband is that bad have him sit out and get healthy there'll be other elections for him goodness gracious all this nbc reporter did was mention what she saw and what her experience was and the reaction from the political left how dare dasha burns I'm telling you, man, it's going to be real interesting on Election Day. I want to see if these polls are right, if Fetterman really has this much of a lead in Pennsylvania or if it's closer than people think. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll go to the driveubler.com hotline and bring on Hammer's wife, the crazy coupon lady, Crystal Hammer. Hello, Crystal. How are you? What's up, guys? I know you've got some uh, quote unquote deals for us <laughs> here. Let me deals. let me let me start off. Okay, yeah, deals. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. The uh, I've been seeing your even when I was on vacation. I saw your social media posts about your son Christopher, and he had some uh, some medical stuff going on. How is he? He's doing well. Um, you know, he had another one of those vestibular migraines. Um, get him on Saturday. Um, you know, he was pretty down, you know, all day Saturday and half the day Sunday, but he's, he's coming back from it. He's been getting up every morning. Um, what are they? Is it, it's, it, this is different than, cause I know you had, does he have vertigo? Is that kind of like the same thing or that's, that's what a vestibular migraine is. It's basically a fancy term for a vertigo associated migraine. So can you not, I mean, Hammer, you might be able to tell me too. I like, can you not even walk or is it painful or is it like your brain? It's like you just got off the Gravitron at the state fair and and you're dizzy. What is it? Or all of those things? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's all of those things. He he can't walk. He can't open his eyes because when he opens his eyes, everything's spinning. Um, so it, a lot of it, he's just got to get into a dark room. Light and sound is really bad. Like, you got to try to be quiet around him, turn mm. everything as dark as you can. Um, and then we have to give him medication. And I don't really like medication that I have to give him, but it helps him so much, which is Valium. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't like giving it to him, but it helps him. And but luckily this time, it only lasted until about the evening. And then once you know everything kicked in, then he started being fine. And then he started eating again. Like he can't eat either because mm. he'll throw up. And it just comes out of left field because on Saturday yeah. after I did the TV show in the morning, we went over to my mom and dad's house, and we're you know having pizza, we're talking, you know we're watching college football, and it just like snaps and he goes like i have to sit down right now and then he's out for the count and then and then you don't know do the doctors know exactly what causes something like that or is it just something that he'll have to put up with it's a combination of a lot of that could cause them i've been journaling um when he has uh, headaches and stuff but a lot of times what i'm feeling i'm leaning towards it's the drop in the barometric pressure Mm. so when we have a huge temperature change which we did this weekend you know we went from being almost in the 70s to all of a sudden our highs are maybe getting into the 40s that's when um he tends to have them so i think it's a barometric pressure at this point let him know i'm I'm glad he's feeling better he's filled in for me on this program a couple times when i've been (laughs) gone with his old man so uh, i'm glad he's doing well yeah he's doing good and crystal the other thing that i've been getting questions on is how hard did you celebrate that win tennessee over alabama on saturday because again you were a student at the university of tennessee you were one of those flag people flag core beginning of the games where you'd go on the field and you'd have a flag and the last time i believe that the goalposts were ripped down from neyland stadium in tennessee you were there I was. It was. It brought back some great memories. In fact, it was my very first game to March, um, and we were playing Florida, and it was one of those same situations where we hadn't beat Florida in years. Um, we had a sellout capacity crowd of 110,000 people, and all I can remember was screaming on the field when I was performing because I was just – it was prime time. I was nervous it could be, but – it was so much fun watching them storm the field, taking down the goalposts, and it made me remember all the crazy stuff you and your friends were doing back in my dorm room. <laughs> crap. I don't know what you're talking about. I was a well-behaved uh, young man back then. Yeah, okay, I come back to my window with the screws all taken out so you can open it all the way, hanging out my window with one of my practice flags. <laughs> Something wet on the floor. I didn't even know what that was. Don't that was worry urine. about it. That was urine. It was, it was, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was urine. I'm sure it was number one. But it was fun. It was a lot. I, I really enjoyed watching them win. I mean, I couldn't really celebrate, celebrate, because I was sitting with Chris trying to help him, right. you know, with the migraine and everything. But even he was coming out of the migraine, and he was actually really happy, too. So it was fun watching the game with him. Hey, before we get into the dills that you have this week, um, <laughs> Tell me about this, like, class, this coupon class thing that you're doing. What? Yeah. So I'm going to be teaching an actual coupon class. Um, It's going to be at the Greensburg Community Bread of Life. This is like a one-day only kind of deal, right? 
Yeah, one day only. I'm just going to give you very the pretty much the basics, everything that you need just to get started. Um, but yes, it's going to be on Thursday, October 27th from 6 to 7 p.m. in Greensburg. We should get a bunch of Hammer and Nigel listeners out there and tailgate and get inappropriately drunk before <laughs> before Crystal's class. Oh, good. <laughs> Although no, that's the night of night, that. night with WIBC. So right. If you didn't get to... tickets for a night with WIBC, yeah. go tailgate and <laughs> hang out with the crazy coupon lady. Where is it again? What time? It's uh, Greensburg Community Bread of Life, um, and I'll send you the link so that people on, like, Facebook and Twitter can actually um, say that they're interested in going. Um, it's Thursday, October 27th from 6 to 7 p.m. Awesome. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. No more Yankee my wanky. Uh, <laughs> what kind of money are we going to save here? What kind of deals do we have? Okay, so since in honor of Tennessee winning, we're going to do some great deals. All right. Um, <laughs> so at Kroger, I found a couple of things. There's more to come. Again, the Kroger ad changes on Wednesday. So these are just a few things I've found so far. Um, they have a thing where when you buy three or more of particular items, you save an ado- additional dollar off each item. So I found that the cooked perfect home-styled meatballs, okay, Regular price are $9.49. They're on sale for $6.99. But when you buy three or more, you're going to save a dollar off of them, making them $5.99. But we're not done there. Ibotta has a rebate for $1.50 back, making a bag of frozen meatballs just $4.49. Now, there's a limit of two. You only want to do this twice because there's you can only do two times on Ibotta. Okay, got that. So if you want to have uh, some mini meatballs, whether you want to put that on spaghetti, maybe you want to put them in the crock pot and just have like the appetizers like that. There you go. What else we got? And then you can pair that with some of the Sunny D Delight. There's no coupons needed for this. It's actually uh, 64 ounces, normally $2.19. It's on sale for $1.99. But again, part of that, when you buy three or more, you'll save an additional dollar. So it makes it 99 cents. You ever put some so champagne in Sunny Delight, Crystal, and make it like a little, uh, little mimosa? Champagne Delight. Hey, are you seeing? Are you, uh, Crystal? Generally, just like everybody else, are you seeing when you go grocery shopping? Are, I mean, it's it's obvious that prices have have skyrocketed, yeah. right? I mean, and it, and, it, and this is and this and what you're doing here is is helping people and helping you even save a ton of money. But you definitely you it did is. you notice it, right? Yeah, especially with grocery, because I'm trying to do more grocery um, items for you guys. Because, I mean, that's important. We have to eat. But, I mean, it's getting harder and harder to find deals on food um, where you're going to save 50 or more percent. So, basically, I picked these two deals because if you got two of the bags and a Sunny D, you're getting $21 worth of products for just $9. Okay, wow. So you're saving $53. And frozen meatballs, you can put those in the freezer. And then, you know, down the road we might get a deal on, say, pasta sauce. You know, and then you just start filling in the little items here and there and then start putting your meals together is what you need to do. I'm so tired of things being so damn expensive, though. I had to go on a oh. cat food run, Nige, because oh, the cats yeah. were out of food. Please. So I went to Kroger. I got a medium-sized bag of, like, the hard dry food yeah. and, a, like, a 12-pack of the little soft food cans. Almost 40 damn dollars. That's unbelievable. A throw-in cat litter, too, while you're at it. Oh, it's well, ridiculous. Wait, 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 wait. 
But Nigel, ask him what happened after he was checking out at the register. Oh, great moments in this country coming together history. <laughs> so there's a woman at the self-scan. Uh, she is a uh, African-American woman, and I'm doing my thing. She's doing hers. I scan and I see the price, and without thinking, I speak out loud, damn Biden. <laughs> and she looks at me, and I'm willing to bet, we probably don't have a lot in common. She looks at me and goes, ain't that the truth? It gave me a fist bump. I was like, all right, all right. All right. We're coming together here. I like this. Uh, the mutual disdain of Joe Biden bringing the town of Beach Grove together. <laughs> Where can people find more information and uh, deals that you post through the week? So just find me on any social media. Search my name. It's C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L, just like the stripper. That's my girl, (laughs) the crazy coupon lady. Crystal, thank you. All right. All right. We just spoke to my wife. Now we're bringing the side piece in. It's Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey show. That's coming up. I think it's awesome. The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. You rock. Nigel, Jason Hammer is here, Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey Show, joining us for the side piece. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Excellent. Did you you lived in Michigan for a long time, right? Did you live in Michigan under the tyrannical rule of Big Gretch <laughs> during COVID? Yes, I did. Actually, I lived in Michigan twice, the first time for 10 years, the second time for 15 months. And actually, I the second time when I lived in Michigan was November of 2020 is when I moved oh, there boy. right over. Oh, tell me about it. Right when everything was getting really locked down and hardcore. Did you ever have Gretchen Whitmer yell from her boat on the water that you need to get in the house? (laughs) No, but she did tell me she she was going to fix the damn roads, and she never did that. Hey, you need to get inside. It's not safe for you to be outside. I think the the governor's race there is pretty fascinating. Um, It's one of the more fascinating ones we've been paying attention to. Why? Because they're both attractive women? I don't think she's attractive. Oh, okay. I, I, don't, I, I think <laughs> no, Big Gretch. Okay, she, she's a horrible bitch. Yeah, she's oh. awful. She's, hey, she's really her tyrannical style ruling, and then the hypocrisy breaking her own COVID rules uh, a couple of different times. Really, just it, it's just one of those things where I hate that kind of crap. Do as I so, say, not as I do. Multiple so, times. How many times did we have Gretchen Whitmer in March hypocrisy madness yes, this year? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you? So what? Is, what's the polling there? Tudor Dixon is her uh, opponent. Yeah, what a great name, and, huh? Yeah, cool uh, name. So, yeah, the lead has has shrunk a little. Whitmer was in the lead by about 16 points, but the latest Detroit Free Press poll says that uh, Tudor Dixon has now uh, narrowed that down to an 11-point difference. Uh, Whitmer leading with 49% to Tudor Dixon, who's at 38%. Yeah, I saw one with 5% Really? Yesterday. Okay, well, that's Detroit Free Press, so that's more of a that's liberal leading. That's the equivalent leading. of the Indy Star. Yeah, it is. So, so take so, that for what you will. Yeah. Exactly. I'm telling you, I think what you're going to see come closer to midterm election time is all of these liberal outlets who had blue wave, blue wave, Democrats. They want to keep a little bit of credibility, so they kind of have to be somewhat close. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see that margin get closer and closer. And I think Gretchen probably still is the favorite in Michigan, but Tudor's making a run at this thing. Yeah, it's the first time that two women have ever run for governor in the state of Michigan, and this time... Gretchen Whitmer won't be able to use the female card because she's running against, well, she's running against a birthing person. 
We have a woman against <laughs> a urban right. person. She did really well in the debates, though, too. I yeah, they did. To... They just had their debate in Grand Rapids, actually, where I came from before I was here. Uh, interesting stuff. Well, what's, what's, to... just, wasn't that crazy, though? I just her her tyrannical style of restrictions. Like, if you had a lake house, mm-hmm. you couldn't travel from your main house to go stay at your lake house. Mm-hmm. The big she story. Had... The big story when I lived there was this uh, restaurant that defied her emergency power orders and stayed open and they ended up arresting the restaurant owner because of that. So wait a minute, the same woman who moved tables together at an East Lansing restaurant was Miss Billy Badass about that? Yeah, arresting a restaurateur in Holland, Michigan. They just repealed that I believe yesterday, by the way, they took away the governor's emergency powers in Michigan yesterday because of that. Wow. Yeah. So do people like her there? Because she's leading in polls. I mean, it sounds like she's got a real good shot to win again. What is her appeal in that state? Well, you have to consider that I think Michigan is (laughs) go blue. It's a blue state uh, right now. She's the incumbent. Yeah, and she's the incumbent. And she... I don't know. I don't know, Hammer, because there's a lot of broken promises there. You know, she ran on fixing the damn roads, and now at the debate the other night, she said, "Eh, it's going to take me more than one term to fix the damn roads. So she's moving the goalposts there. She said when she originally ran that she wasn't going to raise any taxes, and she (laughs) laughed off the idea of having a 20-cent gas tax. Well, now they have a 27 cent per gallon gas tax. <laughs> so if you go to Michigan and try to fill up, you're going to pay 27 cents on gas tax, Jeez. 22 cents for sales tax, Welcome and then 18 the cents for federal gas tax. So if you fill up for $4.17, 67 cents of that is just going to the taxes that Whitmer wasn't going to. Yeah, I, I don't know, Hammer, in, in case you could tell. I'm not as concerned with gubernatorial races. I think they're fascinating. They're fun to watch. I'm, I'm more concerned with the Senate and House and how those will affect future voting mm-hmm. in, in in Congress. But uh, I think that's one of the more fa- I, I think that's one of the more interesting ones. I think uh, Carrie Lake and Hobbs in Arizona. Right. I think Kemp is, is running away with it in uh, Georgia. It's going to make Abrams look stupid. What do you think is going to happen in Florida? <laughs> oh, please. <Yeah. laughs> What's the guy's name that's running against DeSantis? It doesn't even Christ, matter. Uh, Charlie, uh, <laughs> yeah, Charlie Chris. Chris. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the and what are, I heard you guys talking about as you opened the Kendall and Casey show this morning, mm-hmm. some polling uh, from the New York Times as to what specifically uh, voters are concerned about. It's yeah. like kind of people are waking up to the fact that something that you and this show and our show have been have been talking about for months. Yeah, so this was a New York Times Siena College poll and it just came out yesterday and it affirms the argument that we've been saying for months. What's important to you? It's the roof over your head. It's the food on your table and the economy is beating abortion when it comes to your priorities. So it's not going to be a Rovember after all. Mm. Uh, They said only 5% of people care about the abortion issue. And women are split right down the middle, 47 to 47 on this. And I thought the really interesting part about it was that the poll found that independent female voters swung dramatically to the right. 
it's funny watching some of these folks that were just running on abortion nonstop mm-hmm. now trying to tie abortion into the economy. We played a clip earlier of Stacey Abrams bending herself into a pretzel saying, well, if you're upset about the high prices of gas, you better have an abortion yeah. because That's only gonna you know, add to kids it. are expensive too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, abortion doesn't affect everyone every day. But needing gas in your car does, and that's what a majority of people are starting, like you said, to wake up to, that, uh, you know, this is something you have to deal with. It's a daily pain in your life. How much are you going to pay for your groceries? How much, uh, you know, do you have enough money to put five, ten bucks in your gas tank to get you to work? And finally, we're also seeing some of the national media late to the party uh, bringing up how important the economy is. Like, where have you folks been, like, for the last two years when we've been talking about how this exuberant amount of spending is going to be a problem? Yeah, well, and it's like NBC just came out, and they were just saying how everybody's concerned about the economy now. Really? Now. And and even (laughs) CNN is saying the same thing, and they are. They're all changing their tune. But there was another poll that came out that I want to bring to your attention that was from Gallup, and they said that 34% of Americans, only 34%, uh, trust the media. Hell, I thought it'd be lower than that. You think? I thought it would be lower than that because the same people who kept telling us Russian collusion exists, Mm -hmm. oh, there's so much Russian collusion, you're going to drown in it. It's going to flood your streets. You won't be able to believe, breathe because of Russian collusion. Now they're telling us that, wait a minute, the economy might be a factor. Mm -hmm. These people are idiots, Casey. They're not journalists. They're activists. Well, and that's what I said. So journalism used to report the news and let the viewers decide on the politician. Now they've moved to a position of reporting for the politician and making the viewer decide on the narrative yeah you made a really good point i was listening on my way in about how you know cnn has admitted yeah we're gonna go more uh centrist we're gonna go more hard more to no the middle this. isn't that what, proof what right is, there exactly what is what are you admitting what are they exactly admitting when they say that you made a great point is that uh, yeah we were pretty hardcore biased uh narrative driven left news organization right well when the <laughs> new president comes out chris lichten he says yeah. you know we're replacing some of our talent because they were so anti-trump and we need to be more middle of the road yeah well there's the proof right there that's why people don't trust the media you know there's been these large companies and i used to work for one sinclair broadcasting where they were outed i don't know if you guys remember this a few years ago they assigned copy for the anchors to read and all across the country all of these anchors, it was the same copy i saw that video now for sinclair they do lean more conservative so the copy that they were reading was more pro-republican but it's just shows you right there that when the it's coming down from corporate you must say this well people aren't going to trust the one who's delivering the message and the thing is like let them be opinion hosts right like tucker carlson is not a news anchor he's an opinion host right rachel maddow is not a news anchor she's an opinion host cnn tries to disguise their news people Mm -hmm. and they do monologues with opinions you know see that's where they ran into problems and that's why those dirtbags were looking up even at msnbc in the ratings well and that's why even you know your local anchors it's called journalism integrity they don't they're not supposed to give their opinion they're supposed to just present the facts and let the consumer 
form an opinion. The Kendall and Casey show, 9 to noon, Monday through Friday here at 93 WIBC. Casey, thank you. Hey, thanks, and glad to have you back, Nigel. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Nigel, Jason Hammer is here coming up after 6 o'clock an entire hour of the Hammer and Nigel show. I am PD officer in trouble. Um, and, uh, you know, look, we, we, we praise, we're, we're a heavily pro uh, law enforcement show. Um, uh, somebody does something wrong, though, uh, we definitely have to talk about it. And uh, we'll give you the highlights, everything you need to know coming up after six o'clock when is the last time that you've had to pay for um something you've done wrong at home in other words i'm saying when's the last time you've had to apologize to crystal hammer oh hell probably this morning i (laughs) i'm at the point now where i you know like i'll I'll just apologize i i I pick my battles yeah you don't fight it right there's there's a way there's you could be justified in an argument but rather than get into it you say yeah i'm I'm sorry right like here's a situation where i i just wave the white flag i'll come home and again i've been at work all day she's been at work all day the minute i step through the door how come you didn't get the dishes done the beds (laughs) made and all this other stuff done uh hell i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry oh the other one the other one was yesterday i the our keurig if you don't Take the little Keurig coffee uh, thing out of the machine. <laughs> it continues to drip all over the place. Oh. And so I made my coffee, but I take the little Keurig out, and, uh, you know, next thing you know, 15 minutes later, uh, excuse me, <laughs> honey, uh, you didn't take the Keurig out. It dripped all over the place. And uh, rather than being like, look, I'm, I'm rushing around. I'm making the kids breakfast. I forgot. I, it's, I, I'm sorry. I'm right. sorry, honey. I'll, let me just take care of it. Dudes will say we're sorry just to end it. <laughs> right? Even though even though we feel like we might be justified or right, right, I'd rather say I'm sorry. Here's a guy. Here's a husband in Maine. that He, he posted like a greatest hits compilation of all the things he's apologized to his wife for here is just a few I went upstairs for the night without announcing it i'm currently working on a solo <laughs> version of that scene from sound of music where the kids do a big number on their way to bed i applied the brakes in order to save our lives oh, if i go upstairs to bed and i don't say anything i get I, yeah you didn't even say good night <laughs> sorry honey i underestimated the trauma that the change in momentum would create for her when i sprained my ankle i had a walking boot and i was limping too loudly up the stairs <laughs> the thing to do would have been to lay down on my good leg and silently drag my body up the stairs using the railing last night when i was cutting my steak i let my knife touch the plate for a fraction of a second if you always sit in the same place on the sofa, your body is going to indent that cushion yes. and ruin the couch. So what you got to do is you got to brace yourself with your arms and your core, and you just hover above that cushion. Hover. <laughs> the couch thing I can totally identify with. But yet we never get the apology on the other end. Like when I get up early in the morning, now my wife usually gets up before I do, but on those rare occasions that I get up, I try to go ninja mode. I try to make sure the lights sure. are off, I'm quiet. Yeah. When she gets up it's like a damn van halen concert 
<laughs> Don't you ever get the the indention in the couch? You've got to flush. You've got to fluff the pillows every time you get up from this couch, or else there's going to be a big indention where your big fat butt sits. I have my spot. I'm like, this is what the couch is for. Oh, God forbid, I cuddle with one of the special pillows that she's put out there. Oh no, that's those are it. not. Those are not for cuddling. You don't touch those pillows. You don't lay on those pillows. You look at those pillows, and that's it. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.